the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning, and welcome into Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much, much more. I'm sure we'll have a good show for you today. We'll plod through the daily news, take a look, try to make some sense of it, and uh, hopefully get you to where you need to get. I'm a big fan that you really only work from age 20 to 60, and you really only save money from 20 to 60. And therein lies the problem, is sometimes our 20s are misspent on vacations. They're misspent on love and passion and a lot of good things. And then we go, ah, our 30s. Uh Uh-oh, we have a kid or two. Oh, our kid's got to go to private school. Oh, our kid's got to do this. Our kid's, and then like suddenly like 40 and you haven't saved a dime. If you knew how often I saw that, it would make you cry. You have to be cautious on the way you approach money, the way you invest. Stocks carry a lot more risk than mutual funds. Mutual funds get better returns than bonds. Bonds get better returns than real estate. Historically, over every 10-year period for the last 100 years. Those are true statements. You got to get comfortable with that. If you take a look at a stock, it could look a lot like a ER chart. Up, down, up, down, up, down. He's going to live, he's going to die. He's going to live, he's going to die. But if you look over time, capitalism in the United States creates a pretty good scenario for you to own and invest in U.S. corporations. That's not to say we exclude Europe. Oh, ho, ho, ho. We don't. Europeans are good at a lot of things. They got Vespa scooters. They got the Italian wines and the French wines. They got the lovely women. Then you skip to, and then you have, also have countries that are 2,000 plus years old. Economies that are 2,000 plus years. Oh, yeah, we were before Jesus. We had a monetary system. Like, they're old. United States is a much younger form of capitalism, but even younger form of capitalism would be Asia. So you gotta you gotta embrace them all. You must, you must, you must, you must, you must. Oh, the things that we're looking at today. A little bit confusing to see why European stock exchanges are higher. There was an ad hoc meeting with European leaders last night. No results produced. There was a rumor. 
or two that came out of it, and that's all it was. So nothing got done, nothing got produced, and yet the markets are somehow, some way, shape, form, kind of trading higher. All on this news. So the little rumor that we got yesterday was tied towards European Union considering a proposal to guarantee bank deposits across the European bloc. That's not going to happen. We still have Facebook in the news. How do you feel about it? Are you wanting to be a buyer? Are you angry about the IPO? Do you feel, do you want to call shenanigans? Remember as a kid you'd call shenanigans and the game would instantly be over? Or maybe not. Some people want to call shenanigans on, on what the Facebook IPO happened, the way it played out. So equity markets are oversold. We know that. If, what I mean by that is if you look at a 10-day moving average and you look at it over a period of time, we gapped really low. We went below our moving average. We were oversold. We sold a lot faster. We shot first and asked questions later. S&P 500 has actually been up three days in a row now. Monday was a larger bounce. And then there were kind of some wild intraday rides that ended with modest little gains. New claims for unemployment the week of May 19th came in at 370,000. That's not a bad number. Any number under 400,000, not a bad number. Like 200,000 is a great number. But anything under 400,000, not a bad number. Anything over 450 is a bad number. Recent stability in claims is a good sign the labor market's fairly stable and not worsening. Durable goods news for the month of April came in up two-tenths of one percent compared with expectations up three-tenths of one percent. Remarkably in line. Very volatile expectations. Uh, excluding transportation, orders fell six-tenths of a percent. So transportation's doing well. What's that make you think? Ford is looking good. Ford is looking good. Looking good. Ford and Mecca. A um, couple other things to think about. Hewlett-Packard up 7%. After the earnings report last night, they were up 12% at one point in time. They said, we're going to fire a lot of people. And that's good news. Strangely, it is in the world of corporations and, and, and capitalism. HP's forecast for a third quarter profit was less than predicted. Companies grappling with slower demand for printers, services, and data equipment. They're going to fire 27,000 of their employees. That's about 8% of their workforce. What's weird about it is they didn't tell people who they're gonna, who's going to get fired. Usually you tell the people first. The job cuts are going to come through firings. It's going to generate about $3.5 billion of savings. Highest cost of, of doing business is labor. So you call it those corporate jerks. They're firing my friends. This is a bad company. They're evil. And here's Wall Street. Well, they're right-sizing. Not downsizing, they're right-sizing. IT spending is slowing. The division that they're going to cut from is enterprise. On a macro perspective, you have to look at the company and say you're very cautious about the environment globally, both on the consumer and commercial spending side. Company's pricing environment remains very competitive. We all want faster, smaller, and cheaper computers. And we do know how to shop around, right? Shop, shop. Shop around, shop up, shop down, shop around. Service margins are expected to remain in the 10 to 12% range. 
company expects continued decline in business critical system revenues and the resulting pressure on enterprise server storage and networking margins. This is an area that they haven't been good at. Their customers want modernized business application, retooling data centers for internet-delivered cloud services. They want to analyze reams of data, and HP just doesn't have enough smart people in those areas. They bought a company called Autonomy a couple of years ago that really hasn't worked out well for them. They bought a company called EDS a couple of years ago that really hasn't worked out well for them. So once again, it's that old Wall Street lesson. That old Wall Street lesson of do you grow through acquisitions or do you grow through organic growth? And acquisitions sometimes don't work. Like when you buy an English company like Autonomy, and they're like, it's tea time, tea time. And Americans don't know how to do tea. I like tea, by the way. I know you're saying, have you ever done an official tea? I have. And it's actually kind of nice because... If anything, it makes you slow down. I know you're saying, I'm a little worried about you, Rob. You've done tea, like at the Ritz. I've done tea at the Ritz. You get a little scone, you get a little muffin, you get a little sandwich going, cucumber or something like that. Don't laugh at me, men. Men, stop laughing at me. Do not laugh at me. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. There we go. It's the latest call for the market numbers. Action bell ever. Dow's down five. NASDAQ up fractions. S&P 500 down seven. Oil's up a buck to $90 a barrel. $90 a barrel. Little killer's taking us out to break. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Rumor has it. And by the way, I like my music like this. Big operatic, dramatic, overproduced. Something that I can sing along to in the audience. Even though the person next to me hates me. You know who you are. Who hates me. Don't be a hater. Shaquille O'Neal may be uh, hired to be the front office of Orlando Magic. He's going to buy the the milk and cookies. Like, what do you see Shaquille O'Neal other than buying milk and cookies? What's his skill set? Will he be able to help the team retain Dwight Howard? Second straight loss in the first round of the playoffs. Sports is business. A couple other things that we need to look at. Think about consumer confidence near a four-month low. Very dramatic yo-yo. Yo, 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 yo. Two skinnies. Yo. I know you're saying, good thing you didn't go into rap, Rob. <laughs> no doubt, right? I would have been the worst white rapper. Facebook tops our list of stocks to watch. Lawsuits and controversy over its IPO piling up. Two congressional panels are investigating the offering. 
Facebook is listening to proposals from the New York Stock Exchange about switching for its listing from the NASDAQ to the NYSE. HP in the news. You know who's also in the news is uh, Pandora. They reported first quarter loss of nine cents a share, smaller than the 18 cents a share expected. The online music streaming service revenues exceeded expectations. Pandora raised its full year guidance. Let's take a quick look at the Meyer numbers. Dow down 10, NASDAQ down 9, SP 500 down 1. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He is a certified financial planner with newfocusfinancial.com. One of the areas that I don't like talking about is insurance. We know about investments, fun and sexy. We know about taxes, you got to pay them. But insurance is part of the formula in getting to retirement. And I always say insure what you can't afford to lose. But I think a lot of people in the age of 20 to 50, Chad, don't really, all we think about is life insurance or homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance. I think one of the forgotten insurances is like gap insurance. I I know it's like an odd topic to start with, gap insurance. What is gap insurance? Gap insurance is if, let's say, you, you buy a car for 30 grand, Right. And then you turn around and total it. The insurance company says, well, at that time, your value of your car is only $15,000, but you still owe twenty because you took a loan out. You've only paid it. You've, you're, you're paying it down at a lower rate than what the value is depreciating at. So that is a very big risk, especially in the first three years that you buy a car, for example. Which I don't think people think about, and yet I do. I think it's actually a pretty good insurance to get. It is, especially because we also say that you know having the higher deductible insurance typically makes sense. So if you're a person that you're doing things the right way, where you have six to twelve months worth of cash and emergency reserves, if you're a younger person, right, then that means that you're allowed to then go out and get higher deductible auto policies, home policies, health insurance policies, so that your monthly premiums are lower, so that you can save more money in your 401k. But if you're going to do that. Typically, it also means that you need that gap coverage in case you do total your car. Otherwise, you could be out of pocket five to $10,000 to get that replacement. Another little tip on insurance that I think is important is I've got a friend who lost 190 pounds. He lost a human being. I mean, he lost 190 pounds. <laughs> I'm like, did you get your health insurance uh, changed? Did you get your um, life insurance changed? Because when he got life insurance as a 300, well, I guess 350 pound man, he was about to die. He was a diabetic. He's actually lost diabetes. He no longer has to take insulin. So he needs to go and have all of his insurance redone. And they will lower your rate, insurance companies. They'll never raise your rate, but they will lower your rate if you do something like lose 20, 30, 40 pounds. Did you know that? No. I, yes, I didn't know that. It's, it's, oh, I thought I had him. It's like... Stumped the bird. Let me get an example, too. So people go out and they buy life insurance. Yeah. Okay, and... But when they're doing it, they're they not they not not smoke all the time, but they might have a cigar once in a while or yeah. or dip, you know, chewing tobacco. Right. They get rated as a tobacco user. You can go through a certain period of time with the insurance company and go back and say, "I no longer smoke. I no longer chew." Take a physical that proves it. Send it in, and they can lower your rates. Okay. And if people bought term insurance like three or four years ago and they're still healthy, they might want to redo that plan because it's cheaper now. Term insurance is a lot cheaper now. There's more people in the business, and insurance companies want the business. Okay, so question your insurance policies every couple of years, especially if you had some life-changing events on the positive. Really, it's 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 almost every year. It's almost okay. like you know, I'll go through and and call uh, cable bill, cell phone company, and say, I'm about ready to leave unless you've got something better to offer me. And every time I do that, every six months, it seems like I get money knocked off my cable bill or my cell phone bill, or I get some side of an incentive or a free upgrade or whatever. You know, you ask for it. They want your business. I always call the insurance company or the cable companies and I'm saying, I'm pretty sure I didn't order Naughty Nurses 3. 
<laughs> so we have different conversations with the cable companies. Why is my bill $300? I, mean, they say, I think you ordered four and five as well, Mr. Black. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I'm guilty. <laughs> um, so some of these insurance issues are, are, are obvious. Some obvious. Some of them are not. Um, I think the one that's also not necessarily obvious for people is disability insurance. You or I have a greater chance of being disabled before we die. Yep. And when you're disabled in your working years, it's financially crushing because you lose your income. So disability insurance is really, really important to consider. Yeah, I mean, and I'm loaded up on it because of what I do for fun. Wakeboard, snowboard, all that kind of stuff. It's more likely that I'll be injured and can't work for a while than, than, than die. So, um, and I also have, as a business owner, it's important to have things like overhead policy so that there's, there's key man disability so somebody could replace you if you're gone from your company, but also just overhead disability, which usually lasts for about six months, so it keeps the lights on. It makes the payroll payments while you're not there doing it. You know what I mean? Especially if so. That, so in a key person situation, it's also important to. Uh, so to in get our that little coverage. joint venture, do you have key man on you? I do. I have overhead and key man. Do we have key man on me? Because I bring in. I'm the rainmaker. I don't think you can qualify because of all your ailments. <laughs> what are my ailments? <laughs> okay, we're Let's gonna talk play, about that off air. We're gonna play stump the Burton. Stump what the was Burton. the name of the first vampire to appear in a movie? Dracula. No, it's Nosferatu. Who cares? We're playing Stump the Burton. <laughs> okay, fine. You can win a Joan Baez album if you want to call in right now, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Stump the Burton. Do you have anything else on insurance that we're missing? Maybe some of the, the finer points? Um, let's see other types of insurance. No, it, you know, if people will look, if they don't have insurance through their employer disability insurance, which is very important. We've talked about that before. If you're, like, job hunting and you get two offers, they're pretty close. Take the one that has better disability insurance coverage often because it's yeah. expensive. But those that can't afford it could still do something like an AFLAC where it gives them some cash in their pocket if they are injured to help pay the bills over a two- to three-month period. It's still very important to look at, and you can usually pay for that with your um, health savings account or FSA account. Quick answer. Um, when should people consider umbrella insurance? As soon as they have assets outside of retirement accounts. Okay. So as soon as you have equity in your home or uh, you know tax taxable account savings, then you want to look at umbrella insurance. It's cheap. That's certified financial planner Chad Burton. Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm the one, the only Rob Black. You're listening to AM 1220 KDOW. It's AM 1220 KDOW. Consumer confidence in the United States improved last week. For the first time in a month, falling gasoline prices helped stem some dismay over household finances. AM 1220 KDOW. Phone lines are now open. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I should never make fun of an old woman, but it is fun to make fun of Meg Whitman. She kind of looks like the Pillsbury Dough Lady, doesn't she? If the Pillsbury Doughboy were to have a wife, she would be thy. She talked uh, a pretty good quote on CNBC this morning. She says, we'll take cost cut savings and make a small pound amount of big bets. 
So she's going to save three and a half billion dollars, and she's like, we're going to go put that in other projects. That doesn't excite me as an analyst. Whitman on fighting for talent. She says, working at HP isn't like working at Facebook. We deal with governments. We do things that are quite different. So she's got a little bit of a, a talent problem. They don't have the, the smartest and the brightest. They have people who have to deal with governments. She said, we're about 10 to 15% in the process of change at HP. She said, Europe is definitely a factor in bringing down our guidance. Our turnaround is just beginning. I'd say we're 10 to 15% done with it, she says. So she's throwing a lot of stuff out there, right? Wonderful quote on some of the people who uh, bought Facebook. Uh, Bloomberg is quoting some uh, individuals, a 19-year-old person who said, I sold my shares of Facebook. I didn't want to lose more. I didn't know what to do. Basically, they bought the IPO at 38 against 32, and a 19-year-old goes, I, I, I didn't want to lose more. It shows you that's what bought the Facebook IPO. Not me, but that was what bought the Facebook IPO. A lot of inexperience. Now, which would you rather be with? A man with much experience or a 19-year-old with no experience? I know the answer to that. One of the scariest stories that I can remember is the whole antibiotic stories that we're hearing now and how like superbugs are going to kill us all because we've been taking too many antibiotics and it's in our water. And I'm not quite the freak who's got three cats. I'm not quite the freak who has to wash his hands all the time. But I'm a little worried about our, our drug use in America and how uh, we're, we're building tolerances, and that's not necessarily a good thing. We're building tolerances to weak diseases. Anyway, I'm totally digressing. So anyone who's listened to me for the last 15 years, if any of you are psychologists or therapists, please call and let me know how, how I'm doing. Am I deteriorating that kind of quickly? So, uh, pa- Pandora was in the news. This is the stock we kind of teased a little bit about last break. Everyone loves the service, right? Um, a friend of mine in radio worked at Clear Channel, and he hated Clear Channel because Clear Channel basically, they'll run commercials for like strip clubs, strip clubs that sell booze, strip clubs that sell booze and guns. Like They have like no line that they won't cross. So he, he eventually leaves Clear Channel, and he goes over to Pandora. And he's like, I love it here. Like I used to go into a business meeting, and they'd be, yeah, I can't say his name. Brian. Yeah, Brian. That's not his name. Brian. Yeah, Brian. I hate your company. And now he goes into meetings and they're like, I listen to Pandora all the time. Now that's a plus and a minus. Because Pandora pays to play music. And then they have to run ads. And the more they play, the more they have to pay. People love it. But uh, they're moving slightly higher today. I can't get behind that stock. Just until they're profitable, it's like, I don't know. You have to have some standards. You know, a girl has to be college educated. She has to be over 25. She has to have 30 to 32 teeth. Not all of them, but the ones that show. Uh, crazy can't run in her family. Like, you have to have standards. Same thing when investing, you know, a loss is like 20 teeth. Like that's not good. You got to say no. In my opinion, 
Chesapeake Energy is defending its board and current directors today. Research in Motion executive Patrick Spence has left the company. They've lost a lot of talent. An FDA panel has recommended against the approval of Johnson & Johnson's blood, blood thinning drug called Zer. It's Zer something. I like the way you say that. Exactly. Zeretto. 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 So the FDA panel said no. Uh, it's basically a drug that does uh, blood clot treatments. Costco's in the news today. They're reporting profit of $0.88, cents, one cent above expectations. You know, let's let's talk about Costco. Is this a stock you want to own? Makes sense. Works in a good economy, bad economy. Who doesn't need an industrial size jar of petroleum jelly? Who doesn't need, you know, uh, 90 chicken breasts all at once? Stock is near its all-time high. That's a good sign. Um, it's done very well since it came public. But keep in mind, for a while there, it did nothing from 1985 to 1995. It really did nothing. But from 95 to 2015, it rock and rolled. Because from 85 to 95, Sam's Clubs, these big discount clubs were all starting to proliferate. It was a big era of retail at that point in time in America. A lot of loose credit. But now the fact that they're like saving money and you can buy name brand tires for less and it's a club and uh, there's statistics that say you know people renew their membership even after they're dead at Costco like I don't know does that make any sense to you not to me that does not make sense so with that said I don't like seeing that story a top horse trainer pleads guilty to cruelty anyone who's cruel to a horse have you ever seen a horse anyone's cruel to a horse should be put to death I know you're saying no but a top trainer in the fabled Tennessee walking horse industry has pleaded guilty to a charge of cruelty to animals and has been banned for life for the most important horse show for the breed. Jackie McConnell has been charged with 52 counts of violating the Horse Protection Act, but pleaded guilty to only one in a plea agreement with federal prosecutors in Chattanooga. There's a graphic undercover video made by the Humane Society that shows McConnell in his stable hands, subjecting show horses to practices that were banned 40 years ago. One of the, it's called soaring, which you basically use chemicals placed on the lower legs of, in an effort to induce the signature Tennessee walking horse high-stepping gait known as the big lick. Soaring is cruel and inhumane. Like, how can people do this? Like, I'm, I think I'm having a meltdown today on air. Like, I think I'm personally breaking down. Like, you agree with me that person should be put to death. Anyone who's cruel to an animal or a child should be put to death. I know you're saying, what's the definition of cruel? Watch today as Judge Rob Black tells you what's cruel. I need my own judge show. I'm tired of Judge Judy. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. I can do that. I know you're saying, you're out of content, aren't you? Pretty much so. Pretty much so. Kind of guilty on that one. La, 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 la. Look left, look right. Hey, it's Elvis. So stocks are a little change day amid some uh, 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 orders, uh, data that was positive. Hewlett Packard up 4.8%, Facebook up 2%, Tiffany's down, that's worthy of note. Now Tiffany gets about 10% of their business, so when they missed their quarter, it wasn't because of Europe. So they had a pretty rotten quarter, all things considered. Um, and they refer to it as a soft 
trend. Tiffany's down 7.6%. Michael Kowalowski said sales in America's region underperformed, continuing a soft trend that began in the last quarter of 2011. So sales in the America's region. So the high end starting to feel a little bit. I'm not a Tiffany fan. Like I can find other stocks. I like the concept, but I can find other stocks that do something similar and get that similar exposure. Net app today is down uh, 11%. Seller of hardware and software for storing data. They forecast earnings that trailed expectation. Talking a little bit about the broader market, you're looking at a lot of intrinsic value. The S&P begins with companies in the broad index. Any stock that ranks amongst the highest 30% by volatility is excluded. The emission of the most volatile stocks in the weighting methodology systematically contribute to the global index's better performance. So we're looking at volatility right now. S&P has recorded similar results for developed and emerging markets over a half dozen geographic areas. So right now we're kind of bouncing around. It's summer. It's incredibly low volume. I don't know if that makes sense to you. I don't know if that upsets you. But it's incredibly low volume right now, which means that any move that happens doesn't really matter. Hey, I'm getting my hair cut today. Now you're saying, well, that's odd. I don't really need it is the thing because I did it three weeks ago. And four weeks is too much. Three weeks is too little. I don't know how to deal with this dilemma. So Kim Jong numero uno, the leader of North Korea, I like him because he's a good study of, he was a stay-at-home 20-something who didn't have a job. And then his dad dies and he gets to run a, nu- uh, a country with nuclear weapons. Like, don't you wish that was your kid? Like, your kid's staying at home playing Xbox instead of getting a job? Next thing you know, he's in charge of a nuclear arsenal. I don't know, but for, for me that sounds like you know the, the raw smell of success. I don't know. Um, high yield corporate funds. I have no problem with. There's different types of uh, income funds. High yield typically means junk. Not always, but typically implies a little bit greater risk. The higher the yield on the bond, the more volatile that security is that's tied towards it. So a 2% return is a lot safer than a 6% return yield. Studies find that parents who save are more likely to have kids that save. Come on, parents, teach your kids the right way to handle money. AM 1220, KDW. It's on the Merry Cast Orchard Brow that Mickey Mouse is AM 1220, KDOW Traffic. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 
long does the bed last? So I like drinking Rockstar. It's 3% juice, 97% crazy stuff. Wouldn't that be like the most awesome tag? It says, right now it's, it says contains 3% juice. Like why even bother? It, it contains 97% spit. Like 3% juice? Come on. That's not exactly a, a marketable term, I don't think. What's on your financial mind? Let's talk money. Let's talk investing. Let's talk a little bit more. Um, what do you want to talk about today? We can talk about ways to save money. Avoiding risk is risk itself. Okay, let's talk about that concept. What's that mean? I'm not saying that you have to jump off a bridge to live life, but you got to get out of your house to live life, right? Same thing with investing. You can't put your money under your mattress. You can't put the money in the bank. I know an unbelievably intelligent man. I'm not going to say his name, Brian. Who recently reached out to me. And he's got $100,000 saved at age 37. All in cash. He makes about $100,000 a year. I'm like, why do you have all that money in cash? He's like, don't know what to do with it. I'm like, you know you're losing money, right? He goes, what do you mean? 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 I'm like, inflation. Houses cost more. Sodas cost more. Cars cost more. Your cash is still the same round number because it's not growing. You need to inflate it, my friend. You need to expose it to something. So avoiding risk puts you at risk. If inflation averages 2 to 4%, you got to make better than that. Do you see that in any way, shape, or form? Are you with me on this? Apple's getting ready to launch a new product. It's going to be a pencil. So it's going to have a lead tip. It's going to have a rubber eraser. It's going to have a yellow shaft. The eye pencil is getting ready to come out in time for back to school. It's also known as the eye pencil. They're going to come out with an eye pen as well. It's an interesting way of thinking about money. A lot of people have contemplated saving money for retirement. 74% of workers said they expect to work in retirement. 74%. You know what my goal is to be in retirement? I don't quite want to be that... Henry Fonda, old fart on Golden Pond. I kind of want to be like the healthy spry guy who's like in Europe. Doing a little zooby zooby zoo, drinking some wine, having some good times, laughter. Je ne sais pas. Français? Non? Un peu de? Oui, oui, oui. That's my idea of retirement. What's your idea of retirement? I want to slow it down. I want to get a scooter, a Vespa, and go around Italy and go, ciao, with a scarf on, or maybe an ascot and a monocle. Now, the ascot and monocle are when I'm in Germany, eating bratwurst. So we all have goals on retirement, right? I don't want to work in retirement. 
I'm not saying that I won't, but I don't want to. I don't expect to. Only 23% of workers who have retired are working for pay. That means 77% are living off what they got. A lot of people want to look for a job where you play. For instance, if golf is your game, maybe try to get a job in retirement as golf course management or golf cart fleet running or working in the pro shop. If you like boating, maybe work at a marina. If you like cats or dogs, you're a little bit weird, but you can, you know, help owners who go on vacations. Like you always, here's one tip. If you don't have enough for retirement, try to stop money from fleeing from your accounts, i.e. burning it, spending it, using it. Always try to have a job. Even if it means working at Home Depot. God, I love those old guys who work at Home Depot. They've got such a knowledge base of that, that I don't. Like, I've, I've put up walls. I've done some drywall. I've done some construction. I'm kind of a man's man. I have a hammer. So, I look good in jeans. Women drink Diet Coke around me and, and fawn. You know what I'm saying. It's always like that old guy at Home Depot who knows everything. And you're like, how do you know that? And he's like, I know everything. I don't know if you knew this, but you could hang a wall with just a nail. Like, one nail? Like, depends where you put it. I'm like, show me, my lord. Me lord. Anyway, European stocks are bouncing today. European stocks are bouncing. The euro is rebounding against the dollar. Overall. Durable good orders increased on par with expectations. But orders excluding transportation unexpectedly declined. So if you look at the transportation, they were really good. What's that tell you? Airplanes and cars? You got to find out a little bit more, right? But it does tell you something good. Budgeting is super important to money. Balancing checkbooks is important. Saving, investing, not overpaying for insurance. Adult skills that we need to learn. Hopefully you can teach your children. Simple stuff like that. Show for me, and I will show for you. I'm an Audi. Name 1220, KDOW. Did you see the article in the paper about how people... Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? We can talk about anything you want to talk about. Don't be shy. That's the number one piece of advice that I can give you is don't be shy. 
You need to confront your money issues sooner rather than later. Stocks. Let's take a look at some stocks and see what we got for the day. Dow's up 23. NASDAQ up down 1. SP500 up 3. Oil's up 1. 10-year Treasury sits at 1.77%. Citigroup Economist says Greece is going to exit the euro and a new currency would fall 60%. Will they or won't they? It's happened before. Countries have gone bankrupt. It's okay. Will they be able to land on their feet again? Not so much. So we'll throw that out there. Not so much. Hmm, not so much. Apple's making a new pencil. This is just announced today. It's going to be a, a lead carbon pencil. It's going to uh, have a rubber eraser at the top. It's going to be called the eye pencil. Later in the year for back to school, they're coming out with the iPen. Look for it at stores soon. So stocks are a little unchanged today, kind of. There's some stories. HP has climbed 5.6% that are up on the announcement of cutting 27,000 jobs. There's opportunities in the stock market. There's concern about Europeans' debt crisis. Data shows today bookings for non-military goods, excluding aircraft, decreased 1.9%. HP up 5.6%. Meg Whitman cutting jobs, you know. Right-sizing, downsizing, 8% workforce reduction. It's a big company. It's going to generate about $3.5 billion of savings. Costco's winner. They posted profit that topped expectations. Dow Chemical up. They should benefit from that lower natural gas. Chemical maker said an arbitration panel ruled that Kuwait must pay $2.16 billion in damages after it canceled a 2008 agreement to buy a stake in the company's plastic businesses. NetApp plunged 13% to 28 bucks today. Seller of hardware and software forecast some softer earnings. I don't know if you've noticed, but like start adding it up. There's some companies that are saying things aren't great out there right now. Are you seeing that? Or is it just me? Companies like Dell, companies like HP. Should you be all in on an investment platform? I don't know. It depends on you. I always have a little bit of cash. With that said, uh, I'm exposed. I've got some exposure to risk. Risky assets called stocks. So there's been an explosion of Web 2.0 companies on the Internet. We've seen this with Facebook. Many have transformed the way we share information across the web. Although many of these programs are free for the user, they're arguably some of the most valuable companies today. Facebook, $100 billion valuation, and yet it's free for the user. I've heard rumors that Facebook is going to start charging to send messages. Can you imagine how people would freak out? Like, we think it's our God-given right to send free email. I don't know if you remember, there was a point in time where companies like AOL were seriously looking into charging you stamps to send email. How would people respond to that? Like, would they respond to it? Or would they all lose their mind and go crazy? God, go make me lose my mind up in here. Up in here. Um, so there's been an explosion of Web 2.0 companies, and they're free. YouTube, it's a household name. It's a video sharing site, approximately 800 million unique visitors, and over 3 billion hours of videos watched monthly. So when you look at Facebook and you go 900 million users, 
500 million active, you get a lot of people watching videos at YouTube. It's blossomed into the third most viewed website in the world. It was purchased by Google in 2006 for $1.65 billion. It's a cash cow. Revenues of $825 million. It was one of the very first Web 2.0 companies. Groupon. They do a lot of daily deals. Things to do, places to eat. It's revolutionized the coupon business. They went public. They raised $700 million. They hit a valuation near $13 million. It's the largest internet IPO since Google, previous to Facebook. Groupon is yet to turn a profit. Zynga. Here's a company that does a lot of the games that are available on Facebook. Mafia Wars, Farmville, Draw Something. Zynga's proven that there's big money in social gaming. That spending millions of dollars to create games on the traditional model may be outdated. Zynga games are played through platforms like Facebook, Apple, Zynga, Google+, Android. You don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on the console. You don't have to spend 50, 60 bucks on the game. So, but they're losing a lot of money. Like, I don't know. Bottom line is there's a lot of Web 2.0 companies out there. You just got to get familiar with who they are so that you can become comfortable with how to play them and, and how to invest. If you want to invest in them, I, I don't recommend people buy individual stocks. It's a crazy concept that I say, but I'll say it again and again and again. The average person shouldn't make big bets on stocks. Um, SRI, what's it stand for? It stands for Socially Responsible Investing. And you can go that way. Increasing number of investors want to put their money into companies that are profitable, reflect their values, committed to environmental sustainability, that give back to the community. But investors still want to make money. You know, what is exactly socially responsible, though? Is it things that kill, like landmines and cluster munitions? Is it defense and weapons? Is it vices or sins like companies that make gambling or pornography or that lend money, usuries, tobacco and alcohol? Or is it companies that are tied towards controversial topics like abortion and contraceptives and animal testing and genetic engineering and stem cell research and nuclear power? Is it companies that do business with rogue nations like Sudan, North Korea, and Iran, Cuba, and Syria? So how do feel-good investments actually stack up with a broader market? That's a pretty good question. You can go to SRIstudies.org, SRIstudies.org, and you can learn a little bit more about socially responsible investing. Um, There's a company called Calvert Group. C-A-L-V-E-R-T, calvert.com, calvert group, calvert, what? No, why am I forgetting this one now? I think it's a .org. Let's see. Nope, it's um, calvert.com. Okay, so it's a .com. So, I don't know. Sometimes I just lose my mind for a moment. But um, 
there you can learn about investment process. You can get a lot of literature. You can get a lot of research. You can learn a lot of the basics about investing. So I highly recommend it. So um, there's also the Domini Funds, D-O-M-I-N-I. And they do a real good job with uh, getting you into socially responsible investments. Again, I'm not a hippie. I'm not a tree hugger. I don't even play one on TV. With that said, as an investor, we're learning that board of directors who are kind to their shareholders and who are kind can sometimes pay off. Like, you don't have to make all the money in the world. AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind is a big question that I have on a regular basis for you. You're listening to AM 1220 KDO Facebook's trading nine pennies higher. It is an IPO that is broken on a lot of levels. It is a great company. Where will they go from here? A lot of people want to know. Let's take a look at the market numbers. The Dow is down five. The SP 500 up fractions, and the Nasdaq down seven. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner. One of the things CFPs do is they do the big picture. They do everything. But in particular, they do estate planning. Not in particular. It's one of the things that they do. Estate planning, grats and gifts and dwindling down your wealth while you're alive in an efficient manner so that you don't get taxed a lot. Is that yeah, the like basic that. idea? I like that efficient manner. Yeah, for sure. It's... It's something that, you know, it's really tough to get an estate plan done when you have a tax issue because you could be worth a lot of money now, but let's say you're spending too much money and you, you end up when you're 80 without an estate tax problem, right? So it's kind of pointless to do a lot of estate planning, a lot of extensive estate planning without a long-term projection because then once you get into the estate planning side, there's different scenarios with different types of trusts that you have to model to see how does it affect me. Because usually estate planning, you know, estate taxes are really almost a voluntary tax. There's so many things you can do to avoid it, but you're either, you know, giving up some control or some income or some future gains when you do that, and you got to see how does that really affect you. And then you got to run the worst case scenario of what what if the market corrects 30% and you've given assets away? How does that affect you? Can you still be okay? Can you become an, and I hate using this slur, can you become an Indian giver? (laughs) <laughs> Where you really, give away a million dollars and you ask for it back. You know, really the only type of um, estate tax strategy that where you can be an Indian giver um, is a 529 plan. We will never use that term again. <laughs> I don't Are people really that politically correct? These they days? are. Welcome to California. Oh, geez. Come on. So we will get, get letters on that. And get a life. Okay, so send me an email on it. When can you when can you give and get it back? Well, so a five twenty nine plan. So in a five twenty nine plan, you can give up to five years worth of gifts um, to 
a child in a 529 plan, all right? So a married couple can give 13000 each or 26000 times five okay. into a 529 plan all at once. And after five years, that amount of money that's sitting in a 529 plan is completely outside of their estate for estate tax purposes. Okay. But they still control the asset. So let's say if you set up a 529 plan for Johnny and Johnny turns out to be a punk and he's not going to go to college, right. you can eventually change the beneficiary to Sally, let's say, or to Rob Black or Chad Burton. Absolutely. And they can use it to go to college. So grandparents can, can do these setups of the 529 plan, gift a significant amount of money out of their estate, and after five years, as long as they live that long, it's, it's out of their estate. I'm but they like, still control the asset. I would be like Will Ferrell going back to college. I'd join the frat. I'd run naked. We're streaking. <laughs> We're streaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, back on topic. Uh, what's a grat and why do I care? Well, a grat's important because what has happened with 2012 is right now we can pass $5 million per person onto our heirs okay. without any estate tax. If a married couple has the right will and trust, they can do $10 million. The biggest difference is, is that even last year when the, the estate exclusion had, was gone, there was no limits. You could still only give a million dollars away while you're alive. Okay. okay? Um, now you can give up to five million dollars away while you're alive. So wealthy families have the ability to get this huge amount out of their estate because five million dollars now, if it's growing at a decent clip, and in in twenty years that five million could be worth twenty million with just simple seven percent growth. Let's say. Right. Okay. So if you want to get that future growth out of your estate but still have some income rights to it, you can use what's called a grat for example, and grants retained annuity trust. And it's a way, let's say, if you have, um, let's say, privately held stock in a company you think is going to go huge, um, you could give that into the to the grat. Uh, if you have real estate that's closely held real estate, and you could create ter- certain types of trust where, even though real estate is at a big discount where, from where it was in 2007, you could gift it a potentially even bigger discount into this, retain some income rights, and any future appreciation will pass on to your heirs completely tax-free. Um, so things like grats, gifting, 529 plans, there's so many estate tax possibilities right now for the wealthy families out there. Um, you sh- there, there should be a sense of urgency. So if you're single and you're worth over you know, $3.5 million or married worth over um, you know, $6, 7000000 million, you should really be concentrating on your estate planning this year. What else do we need to know as we're wrapping up the topic? Uh, like, for instance, I got a grandparent who wants to give her kids, you know, money to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Do you gift it? Do you gift it to children? Like a couple things on gifting. First of all, um, when you when you if you want to play for a kid's education, always give directly to the institution okay. because that doesn't count towards your annual limits that you can gift. Okay. Um, a second thing that you need to know is your kids will probably get divorced. Okay? okay. So if you're going to have fair. a gifting strategy in the long term, realize that you need to educate your kids about ha- making sure that they have a separate investment account in their name only and that they never commingle that with marital assets so that if they do get divorced, it's not involved. If you want to gift a large amount of your money to your kids and have control after you die, you can leave it to them in trust so that they're not that they couldn't lose it in a divorce or a lawsuit. Um but and then you can have control over your death on how much they can receive over time so that they don't end up you know what's called a spendthrift which is basically a person that's bad with money but picking a trustee is important i would never pick a large bank as a trustee right i would pick small fiduciary firms or firms that specialize in being a trustee but they don't have to be the ones that manage the money you and want if that you need a separate. referral on that you can get in touch with chad at yep. 
newfocusfinancial.com. It's Chad Burton with newfocusfinancial.com. If you want to talk to him about any of these estate planning concepts or ideas, he's easily found, newfocusfinancial.com. So that's Chad Burton. You can find him at AM. Uh, you can find me at AM twelve twenty KDO Deb. You can find him at uh, robblack.com. So chadburton.com, robblack.com. I like the Chad segments. They always discombobulate me a little bit. You know what I'm saying. So one economist is saying Greece is going to exit the euro. One economist is saying not. Traders are very calm right now. The CBO. Congressional Budget Office is calling for, calling for, three and a half years into the financial crisis, the CBO is saying that our economy can re, our recovery could slip back into a recession, and we're speeding ourselves towards a dangerous fiscal cliff. That's going to be a big story, and maybe like if you're trying to think like me, maybe you went out of the markets, because in 2012, at the end of the year, all of our tax breaks expire. And last year, our Congress showed that they couldn't do a damn thing working together. So are we going to go backwards, economically speaking? It's an unpleasant to think about. And if it does come true, it would be disastrous for markets in 2013, here and globally. Yet the markets are uncharacteristically calm about it. Why? Six-month cushions between now and expiration of the Bush-era tax cuts, 2% payroll tax holiday ending, the curtailing and extending of unemployment benefits, yes, no, or maybe so. AM twelve twenty. Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your mind? Anything you want to talk about? Am 1220 KDOW. Let's go to a phone call. Let's go to Randy in San Jose. Hey, Rob, is, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for waiting. Good. No problem. Um, I had a quick question. I've been listening to your show for over 10 years now um, since moving back to San Jose. Both my wife and I are in our early 30s. Um, we started out of college with basically nothing. But in the last 10 years of working or so, we've accumulated about $600,000 between cash, investments, and retirement accounts, not to clean the house. How the hell did you do that? Uh, following your plans and your advice for the most part and okay. living below our means. Okay, I need you to say that one more time slowly. You've made six, you've saved $600,000 in 10 years following my advice. For the most part, yes. Say it slowly because I want to make this into a promo. <laughs> I've made $600,000 between my wife and I following your advice of living below our means and investing and trying to increase our income while not overspending. Thank you. That's pretty impressive. Congratulations. And, you know, you can give me some of the credit, but you deserve all the credit. No, I definitely appreciate it, Rob, though. Um, the question that I had was, uh, unfortunately, however, I did lose my job last week. Okay. But because we live below our means, my wife's income is essentially enough to cover all of our expenses. 
Okay. But what does living always, wait 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 what does living below your means look like to you? Are are y'all eating cat food? Are you wearing lingerie from Kmart? <laughs> no, I mean we we eat in about four times during the week. Okay. Um, go out to nice dinner or so on Friday nights, and on the weekends just uh, hang out with friends. Right. Good for you. So, is your wife a good-looking woman? Absolutely. Good to hear. Ten years married, that's a positive thing for you to say. Yep, going on uh, almost four years now, too. Any uh, children or anything along those lines? No kids yet. Okay, you going to have kids? Uh, hoping to. Okay. Let me know if you need any help with that. <laughs> I'm a very potent man. I appreciate the offer, Rob. You're welcome. So, Rob, my question goes back to, um, I've always been in high-tech sales for the last 10 years or so, but I've always had this itch and a passion to go into personal finance. And I know both you and Chad have said, I'm an Asian-American man, have said, you know, you should try to get into the financial planning business. It's a lucrative yet rewarding industry. Right. But my question is, um, you know, for someone like myself who doesn't have any of the Series 6 or 66 or licensing credentials, right? what ways can I get into the industry and what are some of the pros and cons of going with companies such as a Schwab or a Edward Jones versus a uh, Merrill Lynch or even a new focus financial? My personal opinion is massively biased because I'm tied towards new focus. With that said, do you want to be a financial planner or do you want to be a stockbroker? Do you want to be a uh, financial analyst? Wh- what designation are you looking at? Um, personal for me, um, Maybe I don't understand all the designations, but personally for me, I don't necessarily want to work with the ultra-rich. I want to work with the average Joe that are out there and try to help them get into a position which I'm fortunate enough to be in as well. Yeah. But ideally, I'd like to be able to help the, I would say, the middle-class um, average Joes. You must forget that idea that you're having of average Joes. You need to leave them behind. Let them eat cake. Give them cake or death. Let them eat cake. You need to work with the wealthy. Okay. And the only reason I'm saying that is the best advice to someone who's middle class is do what you did. Live beneath your means, save as much as you can, um, max out your 401k, have an emergency fund, enjoy life, enjoy California. Like that's the best advice you can teach people to accumulate wealth. Um, with that said, uh, you're, you need to, if you want to manage wealth, what I would recommend is getting a CFP and to do that. It's going to take you a, a, a course load. If you send me an email, I will gladly send you out a diagnostic uh, step-by-step what you're going to need to do, Randy. And it, it's, it's a little bit like a college extension. You can do it online, but you have to take three major tests and you have to pass them. They're, they're designed to wean out people. Do you have a college degree? Yeah. Okay. You have to call it college degree. You're going to need to get three years' experience with a firm. Kind of like a paralegal is to lawyers, you need to become a paraplanner for three years once you get that designation so that you kind of get your experience and, and, and you know, you know, get the work in. I personally don't like the Schwabs or the Fidelities because um, CFP Chad Burton has hired many planners from Schwab and, and Fidelity in large part because they don't let you do a lot of planning. They don't let you get to know the client well. You're doing a lot of cold calling. You're, you know, you're calling people on a, you know, a, a pretty regular basis. I prefer the CFP that comes to your house. You know, Chad's in town right now, and uh, some weekends he actually stays at his clients' houses. Like he gets to know them that well. Um, I find that a little weird, 
but he likes that you know personal touch, and they do as well. Um, you know, he ran a survey recently about do you want to see your, your do you want to see statements on Facebook or Twitter? Do you want any commentary? And they're like, no, people like the human touch. As an eight, are you a how Asian are you? Uh, Asian American. I speak Chinese. Okay, that's awesome. I I think there's a massive underserved community. I think the financial planning world. I mean, look at this show: Ray Lachua, white puffy guy; Phil Grandy, white guy; um, Afternoon Show, Klein Pavis Pleasy, white guy. Mo, and sorry, he's Pakistani, but he sounds like a white guy. It's an industry that's incredibly white. Me, white. Chad, white. We're all white dudes. Um, so I would love to see you get in the industry. And if there's anything I could do to help, you know, bring you along or sponsor you or or help get to that three years experience, um, I would love to see it happen. So drop me an email, Rob at robblack.com, and uh, I'll send you out uh, some college co- courses. Um, I don't know of anything in San Jose, but there's, you know, I'm sure Stanford has a CFP class uh, that you could start taking at nights. I would try to get a job immediately, having lost your job, and I would look at this as a, a back burner plan for five years from now and take the next three to five years to get it done. Sorry, Rob. Sorry for extending the session no, uh, I like a little it. longer, but... Um, so when you say going into the industry right away, uh, what industries can I go into without any of the uh, licensing requirements right now? I don't think you want to. The ones that will take you, the companies like Ameriprise, and this is no disrespect. Well, this is disrespect. Them, like they'll take anyone, and I, I don't think you want to, you know, associate with that. You got to get that CFP training. I mean, that's that's a certification that really means something. When you talk to Series 6.5, Series 6.6, Series uh, 70, uh, any monkey can do that. Um, any monkey can take a test and pass it and, and have the right to sell securities and, and insurance. Um, I'd prefer the CFP designation. I just think it's really, really tough to get. And it shows that you become a fiduciary and you, you understand client relationships. Uh, you understand what the idea of investing is versus selling product. You understand the idea of you know protecting wealth in down markets. Um, so I don't my per, if you're looking for an answer of what you could start now in I, I'd say nothing. I think you need your CFP designation sooner rather than later. And if you really want it to work for an Ameriprise, you know, they'll gladly sponsor you and give you a desk and if you don't produce they'll fire you, but uh you're going to be calling a lot of your relatives trying to put them into bad product. So Okay. And let me no, think Randy, let me think about it too. If you want to drop me an email, I'll I'll give you a better response rob at robblack.com. Perfect. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Randy. And I would love, I would love to have a hot 30-year-old woman um, who's articulate, who wears great shoes, great clothes, become a financial planner. Because I'm not a 30-year-old woman. I'd love a 60-year-old woman to do it. In large part, someone who's been divorced. Like, notice that I can't give advice on for women. I can't give advice for divorcees. Uh, it's, I'm incredibly bad at it. So... Um, Asian Americans, like what Randy knows about the Asian American community and the Chinese community, I don't. Like you'll hear me say on the show all the time, like I don't want to live with my mom, and you know that's that's my biggest fear is living with my kids in retirement. Like I didn't save enough money, I, could, I need to come live with you, Junior. You know, those of you who have parents living with you, I I tend to classify you as basically losers, and I know that's not fair. You may like that scenario, maybe your spouse doesn't, but you may like it. I don't want to. I wouldn't want my spouse to want to. Let's go to Bob in San Jose. Bob, how are you? Oh, great, Rob. Thanks, man. Hey, I just want to get your opinion on an option strategy. I'm sure you're familiar with it, and I, I know 
enough about options. I've never, I've never done any, but uh, the, the strategy is selling naked puts, basically on a stock that you'd love to own at a lower price. Like, let's say you'd love to own Apple at 500. Um, so you make money selling the put, and if it drops down to 500, you get to buy it. If not, you you take the premium. It sounds great on paper, as always, but I'd love to hear your opinion on it. What happens if it goes up? If it goes up, it expires worthless, and you just collect your premium as your, you know, your basically your commission, and uh, you walk away with with the money from uh, from the premium as a seller. Okay, let me explain to you what a naked put is, and who gave you this idea, by the way? Oh, Stansberry's their latest uh, thing they're pushing is that I mean they've talked about the strategy for years, and it and it does make sense. The worst thing is if the if the stock crashes and it goes way past the price that you. Uh, you need to buy it at, then you're stuck with a stuck with a bunch of shares at a real low price. That's that's the worst case scenario. Why don't you try the scenario once and, and see how it works for you? Yeah, I, I, I may. I looked at, tried to look into doing it with with Apple this morning, but I think you have to have a whole bunch of money because I think the contracts are how many shares again? I I, I know you probably don't mess with options. That's because you're smart. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I don't know enough about it yet. I thought maybe you you might have had a little experience. I'll talk a little bit about it when we come off break. The loss is not unlimited. Uh, we'll talk about the limits on it. The loss is equal to the strike price minus the premium received. It's very complicated, and I don't like talking about it on radio, but I will for you. AM 1220, KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back in. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 